Jesus Christ. I know uh, all of us have had occasions in our life when we uh, trusted Jesus more and more and more. Things happen in our lives that we learn along the way to trust Him with everything we have and everything that we are. And uh, in every situation, He's faithful. And I'm so thankful for that uh, tonight. He is faithful. Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. Tonight we're going to look at verse 16. Verse 16 tonight. Ephesians 5, 16. And we're going to be talking about the fact that time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. Ephesians 5, 16. Last week we, we looked at verse 15 and uh, Paul encouraged us uh, to, to walk wisely. To walk wisely. To be very careful how we walk. Walking wisely, not as foolish people. And then in verse 16, our verse for tonight, he continues that thought with this, with this, 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 uh, this verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Join me together as we pray. Father, we thank you again for this night, for the opportunity to come and fellowship around the table, to eat together. And then, Lord, to come into uh, the house of God and worship together, celebrate Jesus Christ with one another. Lord, I pray that, again, you will uh, help us hear you tonight. Help us understand how we must use our time, how we can redeem the time. And, Lord, what we must do as believers in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, again, have your way tonight. Be glorified in all that we say and all that we do. And again, may our hearts be moved and touched. And may we be changed by the power of Almighty God. And we make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Time is ticking. Okay, the clock is ticking. Time is short. It's later than it's ever been. How many of you believe that tonight? It's later than it's ever been. Okay. We're, you know, we're moving along. Uh, the world is, continues to, to move along and, and we approach, uh, every day we approach the coming of Jesus Christ. And I believe, it's, uh, I believe it's right around the corner, folks. I believe it's right around the corner. Time is short. The clock is ticking. When the Bible talks about the word time, when it talks about time, as we see here in verse 16, it talks about time when we look at it in the Word of God. And it uses two different words to describe time, to talk about time. Chronos is one of the words that it uses. And that talks about uh, things that happen one after the other, moment after moment after moment. We get our word chronology from that. So you know, uh, if you have a, chron- a chronological Bible, you know that, it, that, it, uh, that it's written so that you see how the Bible comes into play one, uh, one uh, time right after the other, one uh, sequence after the other, uh, one series of circumstances after the other. puts it in chronological order. And so when the Bible talks about time, it uses that word uh, many times. But the, the, the word that we're going to look at tonight, uh, when we consider the word time, redeeming the time, is another word. It's a different word. And, and that word is, is keros, which means a specific appropriate time. Okay, a specific, appropriate time, or an opportune time, an opportune time. Now that's a that's a, that's an important thing for us to remember tonight because really the whole message is going to be centered around that very thought tonight. 
Because Paul said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. Now, that, that word redeem means to, to buy back the time or redeem or ransom the time. That's what it means. Ransom the time. Okay. Now, when we look at it in perspective, in context of what we've been reading, we realize that Paul's telling his readers that they need to spend their time wisely doing two different things as we've looked at. First of all, they need to spend their time wisely warning sinners about their sin. Exposing sin in people's lives. But not only are they to spend their time wisely in exposing sin, but they're also to spend their time wisely witnessing to the lost. Okay? Witnessing to the lost. And so, so we can see how important it is for us to understand that time is of the essence. And how we spend our time is very important. And Paul says we need to redeem it. We need to ransom. We need to buy that time back. We need to make sure that we, we use every opportunity we have, okay, in the right way. We need to use it wisely, okay? Now, I want us to think about the word opportunity for a moment. It's up on the screen. And if you'll see right in the middle of the word opportunity, you have this little word port, Okay? You have the little word port. Now, the, the, the word opportunity comes from the Latin, and here's what it means. It means toward the port. That's what it means, okay? Toward the port. Now, it carries with it the, the idea of a ship that's, uh, that's coming into the harbor. And, and that captain realizes that he needs to, to be very aware of what's going on as far as the winds and the tide which enable him to either get into the port or, or stop him from begin, being able to get into the port. Okay? So what he has to do, he has to, he has to make sure that he, that he understands all of that and that he uses the wind and the tide to his advantage. In other words, he uses the, the opportunity when the opportunity is right to be able to take that ship into port. Okay? That's what the word opportunity, that's where it comes from. It, it actually means to, to toward the port. All right? Now, let's think about that in respect to who we are tonight as believers and what Paul would have us to know when we think about opportunity. Okay? Opportunity. What does it say to me and you? What it means to us is that, that there's going to be times in your life and my life when the opportunity to do something for God, to do certain things for God, come about. And we must understand those opportunities and we must take advantage of those opportunities while we have the time, okay? while we can. Because we need to understand something about opportunity. And I read an illustration that, helps us, that will help us to understand it tonight. The Greeks had a, a lesser known God in their, in their many, many gods that they worship. The God's name was Opportunity. That was the God's name. Opportunity. It was a strange-looking statue, okay? It was a strange-looking statue. And the fact that on its feet, the statue had wings. And on the front of its head, the, 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 there was a, uh, a, a, what do you call it? It looked, like, it looked like a ponytail. It was a forelock, is what they called it. It was a lock of hair on the front of its head. And the back of the head of this statue of opportunity, this Greek god, the back of the head was bald, like some of you guys are here tonight. Okay? So you don't kind of relate to that, right? Now, 
Here's the interesting thing about that statue. Strange-looking statue. I mean, kind of picture that in your mind tonight. Well, that statue must have a big forelock, a lock of hair coming out the front, bald in the back, wings on its feet. Well, there's an inscription at the bottom of the statue. It was a series of questions and answers to those questions. Okay? Here, here's what it read. Here's the questions and the answers. First question, what is your name? The answer, opportunity. Why are there wings on your feet? Because I pass quickly. Why do you have a long forelock that a man may grab me when he faces me? Why are you bald in the back? Because no man can lay hold of me once I am passed. And I think about the word opportunity. And isn't that true tonight of opportunity? I mean, listen, once opportunity is passed, we can't get it back, okay? We can't retrieve an opportunity. So when the opportunity comes, we need to redeem the time. Now, all of us have missed opportunities to do something for God many times. I think we've all, I think we could all give testimony of, of opportunities that we've missed that God has given us to do something special for Him and it has gone past us. We miss it. Okay? But here's what I want us to do tonight. I want to share with you some things about opportunity in the Christian life in particular, that, that you don't want to miss, okay? You don't want to miss these opportunities, all right? Whatever you do tonight, when we're thinking, we're thinking about redeeming the time because the days are evil. We talked about a little bit last week how evil the days are, and we realize that. I mean, there's sin everywhere, okay? And, there, and, and it seems to be getting more and more evil every day, every time, every time we look. I mean, even, even yesterday with the, the, the man uh, going on a shooting rampage in Alabama. Evil, meanness, Satan is alive and well. Okay? So we have to seize every opportunity we have to do something for God. Amen? We have to do that. Okay? If we're going to make a difference, we've got to seize every opportunity. We have to redeem the time. So, so here's what I want to share with you. I want to share with you four things that we, we must not miss, okay? These are opportunities that you don't want to miss, all right? Now, here's the first opportunity you don't want to miss. Don't miss the opportunity to spend time with Jesus Christ. Don't miss the opportunity to spend time with Jesus, okay? Now, one of the most important things we can do in our lives, if you're a believer here tonight, is spend time with Jesus, okay? One of the most important things you can do is spend time with Him. Now, the problem with that in our lives, the problem area in our lives is the fact that, that we have to set priorities in our lives and able to do the things that are most important for us. Okay, And that's a problem for a lot of people. I mean, even some of us here tonight, we have a problem setting priorities, getting our priorities where they need to be. Okay? It takes a real discipline. It takes real hard work to do that. Now, why is it so difficult to set priorities in our lives? Listen, because we're all so busy. And we're all trying to juggle this and we're trying to juggle that. We're trying to make sure that we do this and we're trying to make sure we do that. And we're trying to decide what is most important in our lives. How should it fit into our schedule? Folks, I'm telling you tonight, don't miss the opportunity to spend time with God, with Jesus Christ. Whatever you have to do, Make time to spend with Him. And you need to do it on a daily basis. We need to do this every day. okay? Because everything else that we're going to talk about tonight really 
it really centers around this very thing, the opportunity to spend time with God. So don't miss the opportunity we have as Christians to spend time with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, that ought to be your first priority. Okay? That ought to be your first priority. It ought to be on the top of your list in the area of priorities, spending time with Him. Now, when I talk about spending time with Him, what am I talking about? Well, that's what, hey, it's pretty self-explanatory. Spend time with Him. How do we spend time with Him? A very basic principle. You spend time by reading God's Word, and you spend time praying after you've read and after you've studied and meditated on the Word of God. You pray and ask God, what would He have you to do with what you have read, what you have learned as you studied His Word? Okay? Spend time with Jesus Christ. And, and again, that's a very basic principle. A daily quiet time with Jesus. Okay? That's how you spend time with Him. Now, I know some of you tonight are saying, and I've said this myself, well, you know what? I just don't have time to do that. I don't have time. My schedule is so busy. I've got so much going on, I don't have time to work in some time when I can just be alone with Jesus Christ. Spend some time with Him, folks. I'm telling you, we've got to work on it. Okay? Because everything we do, again, hinges on spending time with Him. Everything we do. So the problem, hey, here's the, here's the problem. The problem is not that we don't have enough time. And we'll all agree with that tonight. The problem is not that we don't have enough time. All of us have the same amount of time in our day. Amen? All of us. Okay? It's like I read, they're talking about this. They equated this with uh, packing a suitcase. And they said, you can give several people the same size suitcase, and some people can pack twice as much as everybody else can in that one suitcase. My wife's good at that. I mean, she can take a suitcase, man, and she can pack three months' stuff in that suitcase. I don't know how in the world she gets that stuff in there. But here's the thing. The problem is not that we don't have enough time. The, time, the problem is we don't prioritize the time that we have. Okay? We don't prioritize it. We allow everything else to get in the way. Now, suppose this, let's listen to the scenario and see, see how it fits into your life. Suppose somebody came to you and said, here's what I want to do for you. Every night at midnight, I'm going to deposit $1,440 into your bank account. Every night at midnight, I'm going to put $1,440 into your bank account. And there's only one stipulation. You have to spend every bit of that money before the next night at midnight, or no more will go into it. Okay? Now, how many of us here tonight would do everything we could to spend that $1,440 because, hey, tomorrow night, $1,440 more is going to go in there when I do that, right? Now, I've got a better proposition for you. Did you know that, that God gives every one of us 1,440 minutes every single day? In our lives. Every day. And he, he expects us to prioritize it to the point at least we need to give Him some time. Okay? He gives us 14, 1,440 minutes every day of our lives. Every day. 
And he expects us to spend it wisely. That's why he said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ransom the time. Use your time wisely. Make sure you use every opportunity that I give you. Okay? So that means tonight, some of us are here and we're saying, you know what? I'm just not using my time wisely. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't use it wisely. I'm not spending time with Jesus Christ. Hey, you need to prioritize your time. You need to reschedule some things in your life so that you can do that. So I'm telling you, again, it affects everything you do in your life as a believer. Everything you do. If you don't spend time in the Word, if you don't spend time communicating with God, then, then listen, you will never reach your potential. God will never use you effectively. You'll never be able to do all that God wants you to do in your life. You'll never be able to do it. Okay? So don't miss the opportunity to spend time with Jesus. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you here tonight know what I'm talking about? Okay? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay? You know, don't you? It's an issue for all of us. Now, here, now listen to what I'm saying. I'm, I'm telling you tonight that, that there, there's going to be some times when you, when you miss it, okay? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, what if we miss a day? Well, hey, you may do that, okay? You may miss a day. Something may happen. Emergency comes up, and you just don't get it done that day. But don't let that become a habit, okay? Remember your priority and get back to it as soon as possible. The very next day, you've got to get back into it. Studying the Word of God, spending time with Jesus Christ alone. Okay. Now, corporate worship is different. What we're doing here tonight, that's different. I'm not talking about that. That's an entirely different animal. Okay. This, we need to do this as well. Okay. This is for all of us to come together and celebrate Jesus together. You know, we, we do it because of what He's done as a result of us spending time alone with Him. Then we come and give Him the praise for it, you see. But you see, some people come into church and they, they have nothing to praise God for. They have nothing to thank Him for. They have nothing to, to lift up His name for. Hey, why? Because they had not been spending time with Him during the week, so they really have nothing at all to celebrate when they come. And no wonder when we come to church many times, we sit here like we're, we've been sucking on a lemon, and, 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 and we, you know, we're miserable because we had not been spending time with Jesus. And, we, and here's what we say, well, I sure didn't get nothing out of that, man. That was a boring service. I wonder why. I wonder why. Is God boring, folks? Is the Word of God boring? No. So where's the problem? Is it with God? No. It's with us, isn't it? Because we're not spending time with Jesus. I'm telling you, if you spend time with Jesus during the week, you'll come here so fired up, ready to go, won't anybody be able to hold you back? And if I, if I stood up here and closed my eyes and, and read my sermon, you'd get, you'd, man, you'd, be, you'd, you'd just be on top of the mountain, man. Because you're not waiting for me or anybody else. You're not, it's not up to me. It's what Jesus is doing in your life. Okay? It's what Jesus is doing in your life that brings that joy and excitement. He's not doing anything in your life. Hey, it's, new, it's, not, it's not His fault. We've just not taken the opportunity to spend time with Him. Okay? So don't miss the opportunity to spend time with Jesus. Now, you're going to see how this relates to everything else we're going to talk about. Secondly, we don't want to miss time, the opportunity to serve Jesus in the church. Don't miss the opportunity to serve Jesus in the church. Now, think about this. How many of you tonight have ever been to a sporting event or, or some kind of concert where, where you went out and, and you sat in the audience and you watched the ball game or you listened to the concert and you enjoyed what went on, but you were only a what? 
Spectator. That's right. Spectator. Now, what's the difference if suppose you go to that sporting event and you become and you and you become part of that, you're involved in that sporting event, okay? You're involved in that concert, you're involved in that play, you're involved in it, okay? So you you've gone from being a spectator to a what? A participator, that's right. Okay? You're a participant in it. Now there's a big difference between being a spectator and a participant. And you see, here's here's the thing. How do you become a, a, a participant? You spend time in the Word of God. You seek God's will for your life. He reveals to you what He would have you to do. He reveals to you the spiritual gift that you have. And then He says, okay, now, you spent time with me, and, and you know what I want you to do. Now you need to get in the ball game. You need to be a participant and stop being a spectator. But once again, it all goes back to... If you're not spending time with Jesus, guess what? You're going to be a spectator your whole Christian life. You're going to be a spectator. And so, so what is the, why is it that the church has so many spectators and so few participants? Again, whose fault is it? You see, it's... It's putting what we have learned in the Word of God, what God has taught us, it's putting it into practice. It's using those things He's given us in service for Him in the local church, in some type of ministry. Okay? There's no, folks, I don't believe there's any excuse for any believer not to be serving in the church somewhere. I don't believe there's any, the only reason people don't serve is because they don't want to serve. They just don't want to serve, okay? They'd rather be a spectator. Suppose, listen, so what kind of sporting event would it be if, if all the players, they wanted to be spectators? What would it be like? You see, we've got to grow from being spectators to participants. Again, it all boils back down to one thing. Have you been spending time with Jesus? Have you been taking that opportunity to spend time with Him? Now, here's, the, here's, here's part of the problem. Some of us are so busy doing other things that we don't have time to serve Jesus in our church. We're too busy doing other things. Okay. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing other things. Okay, I'm not. But again, it goes back to prioritizing our time to where God can use us in serving His church. So we have to make sure that we, that we know what He wants us to do and then we need to say, you know what, I want to serve God in my church. Most of us here, I, I pray, are saved. Okay, You're saved tonight. You've been gifted by the Holy Spirit of God. He's, he's, he's told you, He showed you what He wants you to do. You're capable of doing it, but you're not available. You're not available. Because your time has not been prioritized. Here's what I want, to ask, here's what I want us to ask ourselves tonight. When we're thinking about redeeming the time, we're thinking about spending time with Jesus, we're, take, we're talking about serving Jesus in the church, the opportunities that we have. Ask ourselves this question. Is what we are doing with our time 
making a difference for eternity? Is it going to make any difference 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now? Is what we're involved in to the point where we can't serve Jesus, is it going to make any difference when eternity is brought into play? Is it going to really matter? That's my question. Does it really matter? So as believers, we must be involved in doing things, I believe, that do make a difference as far as eternity is concerned. Because, folks, time is going away. The clock is ticking. The end is near. And we must be about the the Lord's business, doing things that will make a difference eternally. In order to do that, You have to prioritize your time. You have to spend time with Jesus. And you have to be committed to serving Him in the church. And folks, I believe that's what we ought to be doing. In fact, the Bible tells us in the next chapter of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 7, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Doing service to the Lord, not to men. Because, folks, the only thing that's really going to matter, and Charlie said this many times in our Sunday school class, the only thing that's going to matter in the end is what you've done for Jesus. That's the only thing that's ever going to matter. When this life is over, folks, the only thing that's going to matter is what you've done for eternity. Have you made a difference? Are the things you're doing, are the things that you're doing, are they making a difference for eternity? Or are they just wasting time? Folks, we can't waste time, I'm telling you. It's too crucial. It's too much to be done. Too many lives at stake to be wasting time. We must be about the Lord's business. Don't miss the opportunity to serve Jesus in the church. But here's the third thing. Don't miss the opportunity to share Jesus with your friends. Don't miss the opportunity to share Jesus with a friend. Okay? What, what greater thing can we do that will make an eternal difference than sharing the gospel with people that are lost? There's nothing we can do any greater than that tonight. But many of us miss the opportunity to do that. Again, don't raise your hand, but how many of you here can think in your mind of some opportunities that you missed this week to do that very thing. You missed some opportunities just this week to do that very thing. God has opened the door. He's put people in your path to share the gospel with, and you missed the opportunity. Again, it all goes back to, have you been spending time with Jesus? Hey, folks, listen. The more time you spend with Him, the more you become like Him. Amen? And the more we become like Him, the more our hearts are turned toward those who are without Him. The more concerned we become with the lost. The more concerned we are about not missing the opportunity to share the good news of the gospel with them. So you see, it all goes back to spending time with Jesus. Because, listen, you you understand why He saved us. He saved us so that we could become like Him. 
fact, that was his plan before the foundations of the earth, that we become like him. And so the more we become like him, the more we share him with others. Do you realize that you may never have another opportunity to share the good news, the gospel, with that person that God puts in your path this week? Have you ever thought about that that may be your last opportunity to ever share it with them again? I read, a, uh, I read this, this article, and it was written by a pastor out in Bir- uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama. Shades Mountain Baptist Church. His name was Charles Carter. And he told this story about this very thing, about the opportunity to share Jesus with a friend. He said when he was a student at Samford University, there was a fraternity brother of his who was not a Christian, who gave no, no evidence of being a Christian, and God burdened Charles's heart about him. So Charles said this, and we said this ourselves, haven't we? I'm going to share with that guy about Jesus. I'm going to tell him about Jesus. He had it all planned out. He was going to invite his friend to play tennis, and he was going to take his pocket New Testament and a gospel tract, and he was going to tell them how to accept Jesus after they played tennis. They got to the play tennis, and Charles is a very competitive guy, and he really got more into the tennis match than for the real reason that he invited his friend to play. They were playing one point, and they volleyed up to the net, and after the point was over, Charles bent over to pick up his ball and the New Testament, and the tract fell out of his pocket onto the court. His friend right across the net said, Charles, what is that? Talk about an opportunity. He said, oh, that's nothing. And he picked it up and stuffed it back in his pocket. And they got back to the tennis match. He lost and was a little bit upset because he lost the tennis match. So he just thought, well, I'll just wait until another time to tell him about the Lord. So you can imagine Charles Carter's horror when the next morning he read that his friend had been killed in an automobile accident the night before. You can imagine how he felt. He missed the opportunity to share Jesus with his friend. And as far as he knew, his friend died and went to hell. So folks, again, how many opportunities have we missed to share Jesus with a friend? Let me encourage you tonight, don't miss anymore. We don't have to. We don't have to miss these opportunities. Listen, when it comes, share Jesus. Listen, don't, don't tell them about Ebenezer, okay? Don't talk to them about coming to church. Don't talk to them about living right. Don't talk to them about doing right. Just talk to them about Jesus. And let them know what Jesus can do for them. Because, listen, if, if they die without Jesus Christ, they're lost forever. Don't miss the opportunity to share Jesus with a friend. But here's the last thing. Now, up to this point, I've been talking to us as believers, okay? As believers. Like I said a while ago, I pray that every one of us here tonight know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But I never take that for granted. I never take that for granted. Because I believe there's going to always be some folks who are not saved. So here's the last thing. Don't miss the opportunity. To be saved. 
Don't miss the opportunity to be saved. You see, you may believe in God. You may be religious. You may, be, you may even be a member of Ebenezer or some other church here tonight. But you don't know right now. You know, you're thinking in your mind right now. You're not certain that if you died right now that you'd go to heaven. You don't know that. Even though you believe, God, believe in God, even though you, you might be a church member, even though you might be religious, you don't know for certain tonight that if you died you'd go to heaven. But I want to tell you tonight that you don't have to live the rest of your life like that. Okay. In fact, you don't have to leave here tonight feeling like that. You see, Jesus Christ is giving you an opportunity to be saved if you're not saved tonight. He's giving you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And He's not going to force Himself on you. He's not going to make you do it. He's going to give you the opportunity. But let me tell you what the Bible says, and I, and I believe this is a, a, a real eye-opener, and ought to be an eye-opener for all of us tonight. Because we all know, everybody here tonight knows somebody who's lost. And you may be one of them. But listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 6. The Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. Now, as I read that verse, you know what? You know what? I see a couple things in that verse. First of all, it's encouraging to know that, that Jesus is ready and available for whosoever will to call upon Him. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Praise the Lord for that. I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ saved me. I'm so, so glad that, I, that I've entered into a relationship with Him. And I came to that point in my life that I, that I knew I was lost, that I needed Jesus Christ as my Savior. I trusted Him. I believed in Him. And He saved me. And I did that while He may be found. But you know the scary part of that verse is that last part. Seek Him while He may be found. Seek Him while He may be found and, 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 and think about it. Call on Him while He's near. What does that mean? Well, there may come a time and there, there probably will come a time when He's not going to be available. He's not going to hear. He's not going to be near. So again, there's a sense of urgency here. There's a sense of urgency that you don't miss the opportunity to be saved. The Holy Spirit is in this place tonight. I believe that. Because I believe He's in the hearts and lives of every believer in this place. So what that means to me is, is that He's here. He's, he's here tonight. And he is, he is offering another opportunity for somebody to be saved. And some of you that are here tonight and you've not accepted Christ, you will probably say again, you know what, I'll just wait. Did you know what? Listen, the devil's not going to tell you there's no God. The devil's not going to tell you there's no hell. The devil's not going to tell you there's no heaven. But here's what he will tell you. You have plenty of time to get saved. You've got plenty of time. He'll tell you that. He'll tell you, you know what, you don't have to do that tonight. You just wait till a better opportunity comes along. You just wait till another time. Wait till Sunday morning when Brother Tim Lee's here. 
get saved then. That'll be a better time. More people will be here and they'll see what you've done. And man, everybody will be able to congratulate you. To be man, the place will be packed. Just wait till Sunday. That's what he'll tell you. In fact, he may be telling you somebody, some of you folks that tonight, right now. Just wait, because you got plenty of time. But I'm telling you tonight, you need to take this opportunity. You need to take it. Because you don't know that you'll have another one. Okay? You don't know you'll have another one. I thought about those, again, I thought about those innocent people. When that man went on that shooting rampage. How many of, how many of us believe tonight that they even dreamed that that was going to happen? And you know what, you know what scares me about that? Some of those folks probably thought like some are thinking tonight. I've got plenty of time. I don't need to do that. I'll do it next week. I mean, I can't, folks, I tell you, why in the world would you put it off? Why would anybody put it off? When you, when you, when you know that if you, if you, if you go out of this life, if you leave this world without Jesus Christ, folks, listen, it's over. You're, you're lost forever. Give your heart to Christ tonight. Eternal life is yours. The opportunity is here. Don't miss the opportunity to be saved. It's here. Now let me quickly give you three reasons why you shouldn't miss this opportunity. Why you need to do it tonight. Three reasons. Here they are. Reason number one, you may die tonight. Okay? You may die tonight. I may die tonight. I may die before I get down off this platform. But you know what? Hey, that's all right. That's okay. I'd hate to leave my family and my church family. But I'll tell you what, there's a better place waiting. I may die tonight. You may die tonight. Okay? You don't know. But here's the next thing. You may, listen, you may lose the mental capacity to respond to another gospel invitation. You may lose your mental capacity to make that choice after tonight. Something may happen. You you could have a stroke. You could have a heart attack. You could have an aneurysm. There's all sorts of things tonight that could, you know, could take your mental capacity, could, could steal your mental capacity from you tonight, and you would be unable to make a decision for Jesus to respond to an opportunity to be saved. My dad was 79 years old when he died. He was 79. On several different occasions, I had talked to my dad about whether he was saved or not. And he would always talk to me, you know, he talked to me about he lived with his aunt and his aunt made him go to church and, you know, he just, you know, he kind of got turned off with it. But he, he would always tell me, yeah, everything's okay, I'm all right, everything's okay. He'd always tell me that. But some reason, for some reason, I didn't believe that. I just didn't, you know, I didn't have that peace that you have when, when you know. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that peace. But when he was 70... Two years old, a very dear friend of mine and his pastor, my mom was going to this church and my dad would go every once in a while. When he was 72 years old, they went over to my dad's house and they sat down and shared the gospel with him. And he gave his heart to Jesus Christ, 72 years old. He prayed to receive Christ. 
But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Before my dad died, he lost the mental capacity to respond to an invitation. Had he waited until he was 79, two weeks before he died, he lost the mental capacity to respond to a gospel invitation. If he had waited, he'd have died and gone to hell. So folks, listen, don't tell me tonight that you've got plenty of time. Don't tell me that, that you can wait. Because you may die tonight or you may lose the mental capacity to make a decision for Christ. But here's the last reason. Jesus might come tonight. Jesus may come tonight. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, the next, the next event in history, I believe, according to the Scripture, the next event is the rapture of the church. And when that happens, I'm going to be out of here. You're going to be out of here if you're a believer tonight. We're going to be gone. But if you're not, listen, if you're not ready when the rapture comes, when Jesus comes back, you're going to be lost. You're going to be lost. You're going to be left behind with no opportunity to make a decision for Christ. So the question is, are you willing to take that chance tonight? Are you willing to leave here tonight knowing that you've not accepted Christ as your Savior? When you might die? When you might lose the capacity to make a decision for Him? When you might miss Jesus coming? Are you willing to do that? Don't miss the opportunity to spend time with Jesus. Don't miss the opportunity to serve Jesus in the church. Don't miss the opportunity to share Jesus with your friends. But most of all, don't miss the opportunity to be saved. And you have that opportunity right now, right here tonight. Because you see, the invitation is open to all. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, then why not tonight give your heart to Jesus? And then you don't have to be concerned with those things that we talked about. If you die tonight and you've accepted Christ, it's all taken care of. Price has been paid on Calvary's cross. Jesus paid it all, all to Him. I owe. So don't miss it. This may be your last opportunity to receive Jesus. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love You and thank You for this night. And Lord, we thank You again for Your Word. And Lord, I do pray if there's one here tonight who's never received Jesus Christ as personal Savior, I pray that they will not miss this opportunity. And Lord, I pray for all the believers here tonight that we will redeem the time, that we will buy that time, that we will ransom that time because, Lord, we know that the days are evil. And we know that we need to prioritize. We need to make sure that we're doing the right thing the right way. And that we're serving You and living for You and telling others about You. So Father, help us tonight as Your church, as Your people, to get our things in order. That, that Lord, we may understand that time is of the essence. It's crucial that we get down to business. And we make this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.